Hey everyone, welcome to Savage to Sage, where we explore the evolution of entrepreneurs. In this show, we hear from leaders on the challenges and breakthroughs that have shaped them on their journey toward becoming a sage. All right, welcome to um, the Savage to Sage podcast. Again, I have the privilege of introducing you to Matt Tenney. Um, who is the founder and owner of Windows Management Experts and has been doing that for 15 years, uh, which is quite a long time. And then prior to that, he was doing system management consultant in various roles and then a web developer before that. Matt, uh, we've been waiting to have this conversation for quite some time. So (laughs) thanks so much for your patience to make it happen. And we're excited to have you on the podcast. Absolutely. Great to be here. So one of the things that struck me when kind of researching you a bit more, and we'll jump into your company, but one of the things that I loved that you put on your LinkedIn profile was focused, present, empathetic, (laughs) compassionate IT leader. Um, You got to tell me a little bit about that. (laughs) Like, why why did you post that on your LinkedIn? (laughs) Well, first off, is not to not to create any taglines or catchy phrases. It's really, uh, you know, important for for me to, you know, basically be who I am, but but make it make it known, right? In my, in my LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is is like my main networking community for business, mm-hmm. and so I felt like it would be a disservice if I wasn't sharing that aspect of who I am in business. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people try to separate business and personal and they try to make it a certain way. But for me, it, it kind of all blends together. And so those things were something that came to me, um, you know, around just recreating, uh, you know, almost like a, a rebranding of of myself. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I want to be portrayed who am I really? How does that come across to people? You know, and it's not about like me putting in all my certs and how great I am. It's like, who cares? Mm. It's not about that. It's about who are you when you're up against difficult circumstances in running a business? Who are you when you have issues that you need to handle around personnel? And that's where the empathetic, compassionate part is really critical. Because someone that is those things in those circumstances can really make a make a difference no matter what, as opposed to you don't even know, like, a lot of times you don't know who you're dealing with until you get into those situations. Yeah. So it's just about putting it out there. And also, it's, it's, it's also attracting those people that are aligned, which is the most important, clients, partners, employees. I've had people want to work with us because of my interviews, because I've done these interviews before, similar. But I think it's really important that if you want to attract those that are empathetic and, and whatever qualities you're looking for, you, you need to own that and, and publicly have it in your, in your profile. And, and also consistent, because there's not, I, I find a lot of times like consistency is missing in leadership, like Mm. people say they do all these things, but then you get on a call with them and they're like, oh my gosh, like monsters, you know? 
<laughs> just saying, like, it's like, just put it out there, be real, and uh, you'll attract those people in your network, too. Um, that's, that's, wow. Um, there's so much that you covered just in that short little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think at the end there, you kind of just mentioned, like, everybody, I would say, you know, for me, personally, I'm attracted to companies that have mission, vision, value statements, right? And when I evaluate those, like, it's, it's one thing to kind of come into an organization, like, they've taken the time to do the work to do all of those things. And they have them posted. But then the next question I have is, do they live out <laughs> what they right. what they said who they are? And so, like, that's always kind of the telltale for me. Uh, and I just love that you're just that you just share who you are and you represent it. And it brings in the type of people that you want to serve, but then also yes. that you want to work with as well. So that's really right. cool. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I think one of the big things is let let the actions and behaviors of others show to you who they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that thing keeps coming up for me, okay. like especially in the last like couple weeks. I'm like, you can give people the benefit of the doubt. You can be an empathetic, compassionate leader, but don't don't miss the fact that people's behaviors and actions indicate what they're really about. Like almost like you know the the topic of what's their agenda. And then again, I don't want to get into all that, but it's like really don't overlook it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you're you're a punching bag for abusive, toxic relationships and business and personal and whatever. It's really about just, you know, not overlooking those things, those little things, those behavioral things that, you know, passive aggressiveness that's coming out and you're like, well, wait, you said that you're this, but then in this circumstance, you're that, like, what's that about? And like, actually having a conversation with people, mm. like setting them aside, not doing it in public, I'll tell you that too has made a huge difference, especially working in, in, um, in, you know, WME and with certain, certain, um, situations. It's like, there are certain things you want to do, but not in public, in group settings, but there's things that you don't want to overlook because you don't know what people are dealing with. So you gotta, sometimes you gotta go into that uncomfortable zone. Yeah. And, and let's face it, all of this is uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're getting right into it. Yeah. This is great. I mean, I'm reflecting on uh, a previous podcast where, um, you know, we were kind of in the teams discussion of, of the podcast and, the the owner was reflecting on like I, I didn't have the courage uh, to you know to actually step into a hard conversation even you know right. um, and you know kind of what that cost was and so uh, mm-hmm. you know to I mean there's a cost either way <laughs> you know if you don't have the conversation or if you do have the conversation but yes. um, you know so uh, but just stepping into those conversations i think is really good and healthy and and like you said it's not comfortable <laughs> like it's, no, it's, it's not you can't wait till the feeling feels right to kind of step into that conversation yeah and it's funny because i i would say um the thing for me is surround yourself with people that are going to support you empower you and have your best interests with nothing in it for them 
Yeah. I would say those the that area in in business and personal, you know, I would say is extremely critical. You got to have that support. You got to mm-hmm. be able to reach out to people. And you know, even in my business, you know, my CEO Vicky Moore, she and I are like joined at the hip. We're partners in the business. I, you know, like she she and I are um, eyes and ears for each other, mm-hmm. but. We do. We have these discussions, you know, and these things about, well, just behavioral things and just addressing things instead of letting them fester, you know, and, and I, the word accountability comes up and, you know, holding people accountable, but in a compassionate way, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can be accountable and hold people accountable and be a complete crazy person and be angry and frustrated. But at the end of the day, that's not going to produce the results. That's just going to create more of that toxic and and the energy in the environment. So that's, that's the thing that I would say on that too. Just saying like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. That's great. Okay. Well, let's, let's back up a little bit here. Um, Sure. uh, Let's, let's go ahead. Can you tell me like, Show me a. Uh, I shared a like kind of a brief bio for you, um, but can you kind of you know tell me a bit about your work, what you've done, and kind of the path that got you here today? I know that you know you've you've shared previously yeah. that's like, hey, you've been you've been with the company and been serving them for a long period of time, and uh, so yeah, just can you just kind of share a little bit more about that? Yeah, like you said in the beginning, my background is systems management, so working with Microsoft management technologies. That's that's how I started my career after, you know, the web development role at um, the government. And basically for me, it was really about focusing on one thing. And so I would find myself working at one company. They would want me to be something else other than what my niche was from a technology. And I would find myself leaving because I was committed to being focused, okay? There's something about being an expert on one thing and staying focused just on that. Um, so in 2008, I just got to a point where I, I just, you know, I wanted to continue to focus on systems management, Microsoft management technologies, and that's when I started WME in February 2008. It was more because I saw a bigger purpose for my skills and creating something in the market that was aligned to a niche solution provider. And so that's where Windows management comes from. You know, it's it's not the Windows, like the physical Windows, like a lot of people relate to if they're not in IT, it's literally the Windows operating system and the management of that, right? From a device to compliance, a um, application deployment, upgrading to Windows 11, for example, automating that whole process, understanding the tool side. That's kind of my, that was my vision of the company in 2008. And that is, that continues today. But like most businesses, things expand and the market changes. So ironically, right now, um, the, the area of systems management, which Microsoft calls it modern management and point management now. It's really um, continued to increase in, uh, you know, in opportunities. You know, uh, customers now need to make do what they have. They need to hone in on, you know, a lot of a lot of budgets are flat. 
but that doesn't mean that you can't automate and really streamline your operations from a tools perspective, which is where that's my background. So I see that work coming back more and more, especially with the current, you know, economic situation. And, you know, I, obviously security is a big area too. Um, you know, a lot of security assessments, helping customers really optimize what they have. But our, you know, as a business, really our value prop is we we help customers get the most value out of their Microsoft investment through a number of different solutions, workshops, assessments. Um, and we cover all areas of Microsoft from dynamic CRM to um, Azure, you know, to Power Platform, to um, the Microsoft E5 uh, security workloads, Defender. There's like 27 products, I think, of Defender. So we, we really cover all those areas. But then we also cover areas outside of Microsoft under our staffing division. The staffing division called Strategic Services was actually started six years ago. Um, that's when I um, brought Vicky on to help me launch that division. And that division tends to be a lot of our, our business. Um, we do contract and direct hire in the IT engineering space. So project management, cybersecurity, app development, infrastructure, and cloud. And we cover areas outside of Microsoft as well. We have about 35,000 candidates in our database. We have a team of five technical recruiters, and each recruiter is niched in a domain area of technology. You know, that that's um that's a big part of our business. Um, we are we're known for um really being uh agile and quick in, in candidate response, um, typically twenty-four to seventy-two hours after an order is received, we will have candidates submitted against it. Quality qualified candidates, not people that are pulled off of monster or dice and presented as a candidate. These are curated con these are curated uh, candidates. The other area of our business is um is managed services. Yeah, so managed services from a tier three. We basically have three divisions, and you know, I think right now our focus is really on you know project work um, and staffing from an engineering perspective. That's amazing. I mean, when I went to your website, like I looked at it, and I was just like. You guys are doing a lot, and um, just to hear hear you talk about it is even more impressive, and uh, such a need within the market. So, like, it's amazing. So, specifically the staffing, I didn't realize that the volume in which you guys are actually doing the staffing aspect as well. So, um, yes, yeah, wow, it's incredible. Okay, you highlighted a little bit of it. Okay. What yeah. made you, you said focus, all right? You wanted to focus. Like, what made you, like, want to start your own thing? Like, what made you want to get into Windows Management Experts? What was kind of... Yeah, I think it was, you know, just going back to the last question a little bit, the question before, it was like, you know, just there's something to be said about being a niche and, and an expert in one thing as opposed to a general, like, generalist, right? a jack of all trades, you know, whatever the saying is, you know, it's like it 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 allows you to go into an organization and that instant value. Like because you know the questions to ask and I still I still kind of have that, you know, in my back pocket in certain instances where 
you know, I'll sometimes maybe do an interview or sit in on an interview and I'll be able to tell if they know what they're talking about. Like, just because you as an expert know the right questions and you know when someone is, you know, an expert or they're not. So we're going to we're going to quickly I have one more question about kind of early days of entrepreneurship, but then I want to move into team kind of team culture and fit because there was so much conversation that we had earlier about that. And I think I just want to be able to open that up for our conversation. So um, absolutely. As as um, you know, like you think about your entrepreneurship journey, you know, uh, the biggest personal professional test um, for you and how did that become a great teacher? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, again, it's, it goes back to personal circumstances, you know, in like, you know, February of 20, or sorry, in September of 2020, I got, you know, I had gotten, um, you know, COVID and, Hmm. or so I think I had it because it was testing negative, but you know, it's irrelevant. I got, I got a circumstance and I was not able to really do work. I was, I was basically like idle for a couple months. So I ended up stepping down and, and promoting Vicky, who's still our CEO into that role. And really there was, there was little to no planning that took place prior to that because the circumstance happened literally like within a couple of days. And I knew that I was not going to be able to push through this. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing you got to know when you're going to push through and when you're not and when you need to hand the mm-hmm. baton over to someone else and that vulnerability was very difficult i mean i literally was crying when i had to send an email to my staff but when i look back that was probably one of the biggest wake up calls that i've had in in business but in life because you know i've been running scarce and not really f- taking care of myself and looking at things, you know, from a continuity perspective. And we have been looking at it a little bit with COVID, but I felt like this really forced me to really look at how how was the business being run without me? You know, it's that owner-operator syndrome, right? And, you know, eventually I ended up coming back in um, later, but not as a CEO, but as a business to business sales and marketing director. So my role still today is I am responsible for sales. I'm responsible for B2B channel and for managing our offshore marketing team. So, you know, I feel like that circumstance forced me to really look at where do I want to spend my time in the business and how are we set up for success if something happens to me? And it's really, um, you know, it's, it's never ending, right? Like in, even in November, I, I had something happen and I, I was basically down for like a month, but not like I was before. I just wasn't operating at full capacity and I could, I still see the impact and the holes that has on the business. Mm -hmm. So, it's really about, you know, looking at things holistically and also reflecting inward about where do you want to spend your time in the business? Where am I best spent in the business? And how can I add the most value for what I'm creating in my goals? 
Um, because if you're just going through the motions, not really happy in the role that you've, you, you're in just because you don't have anyone else to do it. I think that that's a disservice to the business and it shows up in the clients and the interactions with your employees. Believe it or not, it does. Like if you're not happy and you're, you don't want to do certain things, look at having someone delegate it on your team. You know, that's the type of stuff that I've really had to um, do over the last couple of years. Full stack. Um, we kind of came to that realization um, about a year ago uh, because, you know, um, one of one of our team members got really sick and actually ended up passing away. Oh, and wow. um, and just kind of the loss that that was for our team and to kind of right. you know, kind of really rec- reconcile with that in a sense. Yeah. And um, like how we wanted to conduct ourselves and our values, you know, um, within priorities of, you know, our health and to what you have mentioned as well. Like when you, I'll call it COVID, but, you know, (laughs) in February 2020, same thing happened to me. I feel like I've tested negative about, you know, seven times and (laughs) I definitely, it checked all the boxes. So I don't necessarily know what happened, but um, anyway. Uh, but yeah, so thank you for sharing that. I think that's really, really good, good advice. And I think specifically, um, just kind of the awareness that you brought to the fact that like, hey, if if I'm in a place that's not fulfilling, like mm-hmm. how it can actually be impacting how I interact with clients or, you know, like figuring out how to kind of like outsource that. Like, yes, I, I don't like I think that's hard for people to kind of own up to um specifically like you know the the you know the owner operator kind of (laughs) you know like and and i'm with it too like i'm like i'm supposed to do it all you know kind of deal like (laughs) that's my package (laughs) right (laughs) that's what i have to offer you know so exactly yeah and it's never ending too it's constantly reevaluating you know where your where your time is best spent and um yeah and where it's not well, let's dive in, like, let's dive in a little bit to kind of team, right? So, like, you yeah. know, you've talked about, like, who you want to recruit. You've talked about um, who you want to be as a leader. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, kind of like, what are some um, important lessons you've learned as far as managing managing a team that you mm. think that, like, is, like, helpful for people as they're, you know, as they're building their business? Um, and they're like, okay, now I have to deal with employees. And, you know, mm. like you mentioned like accountability, mm-hmm. performance, you know, right. you know, those types of things, stepping into difficult conversations, like what has been like kind of helpful tools for you as you've navigated that process? Well, first off, it, it's kind of what I said earlier, and I keep saying this, but it's, it's really about having people that know more and have, they, they, it's almost like you got to find people that you can run things you don't know about by like a mentor or an advocate yeah. because my skills is not involved managing people when I first started this business. Okay. <laughs> it was managing the technology. Okay. Yeah. So as an engineer, 
you know, you got to surround yourself with people in your organization that have skills that you don't have and learn from them. I learn more from my employees in my management team than I do anything else and anyone else, because like just in how to handle different situations, whether it's an employee performance review, uh, putting someone on a performance plan because they're not performing. How do you handle that? And when do you cut the cord at what point? Because, you know, again, let the actions and behavior show show you who they are. I'm telling you, I keep going back to that because you can give someone a performance plan to your blue in the face, but if their actions show you otherwise, you got to look. And that is the most difficult thing for me. But I have a partner that I can go to in the business that has that skill set that is very savvy on how to handle that stuff. I suck at it by default. I'm not, that's not my area of expertise. So you got to know who, who, who to go to and surround yourself with people that have the skills that you don't have. I think that's the biggest thing that um, I've learned over the last 15 years, especially more recently. That's a big one. Because you you, you can't really try. You could try and push through it, but it's going to be so much stress and it's going to go, it's not going to go very well if you don't handle it with, you know, with care and compassion because you're going to get frustrated and then that's going to come across in your conversation. So it's really about, you know, again, having a mentor in the business, you know, and having, um, thinking through things. That's another big thing. I used to make decisions on the fly, like with things that were, you know, not really well thought out. And, yeah, there's an impact in the relationship with those people. Absolutely. And I own that. Right. And that's not how that's not what I'm committed to. But I've I had to learn that the hard way. Mm. And those are those are not easy things to, you know, digest, um, you know, and then you leave people with something and then they go out into their next opportunity and they're left with that. So there is an impact if you don't handle these things right. Mm. Right. But then I've had the opposite where you handle people, you handle very well things, you know, maybe someone goes another direction and then they bring you into an account. They bring you Mm. into their next employer that has happened as well, but the opposite can happen. And I think the opposite happening happens more often than the other way. Unfortunately, Mm. when things don't go as planned. Yeah. So that's, yeah. I think on a, thinking about our conversation, Matt, the reason why um, I really enjoy talking with you is it's just there's a level of awareness that you have of mm. your impact, of, yeah. you know, interacting with others. And so it's like you really like I think I think you really want to represent that well, you know, um, right. at all levels. And so like it's just. Yeah, I just I just see that like and I just I think that's a really um it's a, it's a great gift, I would imagine, to 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 your employees and to your team as to that you want to like. I mean, I was thinking back about it, like your greatest learning is from your team. Like, I mean, come on, like that's great. <laughs> Who the heck says that? I know. Yeah, and I'm supposed great. to be 
have it all together, you know. Oh, I have all these peer groups and advisory groups outside of my company. <laughs> well, why when I have again, yes, I do have outside, okay? Yeah. But the people working in are the ones that have the most visibility. You go and ask the you go and ask the wrong person, they're gonna go and maybe tell you to lop off heads. That's <laughs> That's not going to go well. Like they don't understand the inner workings because it's, you know, there's a lot of complexity in in business, you know. Yeah. So that's another thing is be careful too who you're listening to. Yeah. Oh, that's another big one. Yeah. Learn that one. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good recap. <laughs> <laughs> be careful who you're listening to. Yeah, that's good. What are some ways, you know, you can talk, we talked a little bit about this with your LinkedIn, but like, how do you attract people to subscribe to your why or your overall vision um, for the company? Like, what are some ways that you kind of monitor or think through that? So I think you, you, you mentioned um, awareness. So I always focus on what it is not. So it's not about selling or pushing an agenda for a connection yeah. to subscribe. Yeah. It's it's really about listening to where they are and adding value into what they're dealing with. And that might might be what you um what you can even deliver. There's times where I listen, we listen, we determine that this is not something we will be effective at helping this client. And mm -hmm. we do have referral partners and strategic relationships and we're happy to do that because they're not going to get the best out of us if we are trying to do something that is not in our wheelhouse yeah you know or the structure at which they want to do it isn't isn't designed for our company so there are certain things and circumstances that yeah it's it's really about um helping others and being aware of everything it's it's awareness uh, you know i think a lot of people are just walking zombies i mean you know they're on coffee they got you know the routine and it's like you say one thing and they're off to planet zulu it's like you know and again this isn't a judgment but it's it's that awareness that i'm bringing i'm bringing intentionality into business yeah. Right. And and getting people to subscribe and like, you know, and I call it enrollment. You know, it's like enrolling people into what you're up to is a matter of listening to what they're saying. And then, you know, relating to what they're saying to what, you know, how you can help them add value without any salesy push, because I can't deal with that either. It, it's it's bombardment on LinkedIn now. It's a turnoff. It's like no one wants to be sold to, so they just want to be heard and and gotten, and you know they don't they don't need someone else telling them how how to do it. Yeah, you know, especially if you haven't heard and understand what they're dealing with, you know, and you jump on a call, you know, even with like a new resource, someone that you're recruiting or someone a new client or a new prospect and you jump on and you start giving them a sales pitch, you don't have a clue what their what their needs are. I think that's just the complete disservice. And I and I think it's a little disrespectful. That's my opinion on it. Yeah. It's I call it a sales a sales pitch, sales slap. 
you know, there's a lot of that that goes on. And, you know, some companies, they, they want you to do a, a capabilities review. Well, okay. So a capabilities review for me is a way to weed out companies. For me, that's probably not an ideal client for us. If we're going in by way of a capabilities review out of the gate, that's going to be a long road. It's really about finding people that are aligned to your values, you know, being aware and helping them where they are and adding value to what you can provide. That's it's that simple. Yeah. I think, you know, it gets very complicated sometimes because people are explaining themselves away. Stop explaining yourself away. Be 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 who you are and let that action speak for itself. I, I just I don't know. That's my that's my thing. Yeah, I like that a lot. <clears throat> and I and I, I like the like just the integrity and just saying, hey, this is what we do. This is what we're good at. This might not be a great fit. And just qualifying that and saying it for what it is. You know? Right. I, I think I think sales in general can kind of get into that into that framework of like every yeah. every opportunity is a good opportunity. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you, you're speaking my language. And 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 it's it's difficult because you don't want to say no. Yeah. And you're afraid and I think a lot of it is fear, like the fear of losing. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna lose this because we're not gonna proceed it because we can't be everything to this client. Yeah. But I think if you look at it the other way, that what if something new would come in because you were able to say no? See again, because if your cup is full of things that don't align to you from an opportunities or whatever, then you can't you can't get more of the things that you are aligned to because you're full up with garbage that's clogging <laughs> up your system. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. Like. Um, I've been trying to, so I do business development uh, within full stack and, you know, kind of the way that we, we, we operate and we're not perfect at it, but it's just kind of a, a you know, a, an abundance mindset, which is just right. kind of like, how, how do we actually like care for people that we interact with people that are, you know, that need our services, but just in general, like how do we serve, you know, and just kind of coming from right. that um, kind of, you know, and um, it kind of takes the pressure off in a certain sense um, right. and being able to focus on developing relationship, have an actual invested interest in people and wanting to, you know, wanting them to succeed and do well. And um, that's really helpful, I think, you know. You're the second person yeah. I've heard that like, nobody wants to be sold to, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah, it, it's very true. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, typically I, uh, I say like, oh, that's really sage advice, but I feel like, you know, like from the get go, it's been, here's, <laughs> here's good stuff all along. So I hope our listeners just kind of are picking up on that. And, uh, but yeah, just thank you. So. Absolutely. Um, so kind of like thinking about like, what's the, what do you think is like just overall uh, last couple of questions, what would you say is like the most rewarding 
uh, thing to kind of come out of your evolution as, hey, you're you're a systems guy. You had no <laughs> anticipation and, you know, leading a company and all that type of stuff. So, you know, for you, what do you think when you reflect on it? Like what's been the most rewarding thing for you? So I think it's about overcoming challenges that are outside mm. of our control. Okay. And and adapting the business to the current market and conditions. I would say that is probably the big one. Because it's not just been a one-time thing like with COVID. It's been, you know, a couple times. And each time it makes us stronger. It makes us look at sustainability. It makes us look at how do we build to be stronger and more resilient for future downturns or condition changes or, you know, who knows, technology changes too, right? Like, we don't really know what the future is, but we have to, we have to be able to adapt. And I think that that's been one of the things that, um, it's been the most challenging, right? Like, I'm talking like specifically about, well, like, you know, what is it like? potential reduction plans and, you know, things that I, you know, no one is, is enjoying doing, um, or talking about, but you have to do it in order to have a business at the end and you have to adapt and you have to make choices accordingly and you cannot wait for a long period of time. That has been the big thing that, um, I'm very proud of that we've, we've been able to, continuously be able to um adjust in the business you know we're a small business we don't have hundreds of employees but you know at the end of the day when we do have a hundred couple hundred employees or thousands we're going to learn from these 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 you know fundamental things in the beginning even though it's been 15 years and we're going to be able to build a solid foundation I feel like everything is happening for a reason. Even though it's painful, it had to happen this way. Yeah. This experience had it had to be revealed to show us where we're not strong in the business or where we need to add in additional things to protect the business. That has been the biggest thing for me. Yeah. By far. Everything has a learning, like has a purpose to it. It does. Yeah. Yeah. What sage advice would you give to a new entrepreneur that's just launching? Last question. Woo! <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, I would say if you're going into business, do you have a, uh, a person that is your right hand to do the things that you are not good at and that you don't want to do? If I would have, if I would have done it over that, would have been the thing that I would have done in the beginning because it didn't happen until, you know, six years ago when I met Vicky, um, which I didn't really go into. But prior to that, like the first eight years, it was me and just a couple of employees doing tech. There wasn't really a business structure until that, you know, um, I want to get these dates wrong, but like 2016, I, I think eight years ago, whatever. Um, but you get my point. It's like, yeah. until I had someone that had the skills that I didn't have, that did the things that I didn't, I couldn't do, that I didn't want to do. That's when the business started growing. 
Mm. So that would be my advice. Find a, either a partner, and it doesn't necessarily need to be an owner. You could yeah. create other structures, right? Over time, yeah. maybe they buy in. But I would just say having having a another person to be working with you in the strategy and the business, uh, for me, I think it's really critical. And I know other people say, no, no business partners, but a business partner doesn't necessarily need to be an owner with you. Yeah, It could be an employee that you give a, a higher percentage of something to, right? Maybe the yeah. business net income line or some way of profit sharing, like, you know, and in, in incentivize them. But it's definitely been... That's that's been the big one that I would highly um, suggest to people. You don't have that's, to do it yourself because it'll take you a lot longer, and it may never happen. Doing it yourself—that's so good. That's so good, Matt. Yeah. Um, I think um, you've shared a ton of sage advice, and I want to say thank you so much. Um, for being on this podcast. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, you can go out to that LinkedIn, the empathetic, compassionate <laughs> uh, tagline there. But uh, yeah, you can reach me on LinkedIn, um, Matt Tinney. And then you can always um, you know, go to our website, windowsmanagementexperts.com. Or you can email me and my emails in my LinkedIn. But you know, I'm always happy to help in any way any anything at all Pat thank you so much thank you thank you for listening to today's interview to view show notes or hear more episodes please visit www.savagetosage.com